the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider on this third weekend of Advent, the weekend of Gaudete or Rejoice Sunday. My guests this week in the interview segment are two of my dearest friends, two priests, two brothers, native Chicagoans, who were both in Rome at the same time. Monsignor Michael Boland, a consultant for Catholic Charities USA, following 30 magnificent years as head of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and his brother, Father Jeremiah Boland, pastor of a parish I know and love, Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Glenview, Illinois. Father Jerry, a priest for 40 years, was in Rome on sabbatical at the North American College's Institute of Continuing Theological Education, at the same time that Monsignor Michael, a priest for 35 years, had to attend some meetings. Two of my most cherished friends. I know you will hear that friendship when we talk. But now some news headlines. Sunday, December 4th. At the Angelus on the second Sunday of Advent, Pope Francis underscored the way of humility as essential to our lives, in recognizing our weaknesses and failings, and asking for the Lord's forgiveness. And with Jesus, he said, we can always begin anew in returning to God and welcoming his boundless love. Speaking to pilgrims gathered for the Sunday Angelus, Pope Francis spoke about the role of John the Baptist as recounted in the Gospel in inviting everyone to conversion. John said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Baptist was an austere and radical believer, the Pope said, calling people to conversion with a cry of love to return to God. Monday, December 5th and Tuesday the 6th, Pope Francis held day-long meetings with the Council of Cardinals. Tuesday, December 6th, however, the Vatican released a motu proprio by Pope Francis that states that Vatican foundations and funds and other legal entities will be henceforth subject to control of the Roman Curia's economic bodies, such as the Secretariat for the Economy. The document says, although these entities have a formally separate juridical personality and a certain administrative autonomy, it must be recognized that they are instrumental in the realization of the ends proper to the curial institutions at the service of the ministry of the successor of Peter, and that, therefore, unless otherwise stated by the norms establishing them, they too are public entities of the Holy See. Therefore, since their temporal goods are part of the patrimony of the Apostolic See, quote, it's necessary that they be subject not only to the supervision of the curial institutions on which they depend, but also to the control and surveillance of the economic bodies of the Roman Curia. In this way, said the motu, they will be clearly distinguished from other foundations, associations, and non-profit entities that are born from the initiative of private individuals and are not instrumental to the realization of the ends proper to the curial institutions. The motu proprio, however, did not specifically name any of these foundations, funds, or entities. Wednesday, December 7th. Before the general audience on Wednesday, Pope Francis met privately with Italian actor and director Roberto Benigni, who received an Oscar for the internationally acclaimed 1997 film Life is Beautiful. 
A year later, the Vatican invited Benigni to a viewing of that film together with St. Pope John Paul. It was a brief meeting on Wednesday with lots of smiles, laughter, and joy. The Pope then went to the Paul VI Hall for the general audience, where he continued his reflections on discernment. He focused on the need to confirm our decisions with the presence of a long-lasting inner peace. Francis said, One of the distinctive signs of the good spirit is the fact that it communicates a peace that lasts in time, a peace that brings harmony, unity, fervor, and zeal. He stressed that one aspect of post-decision discernment is the awareness of, quote, feeling in one's proper place in life and a useful part of a larger plan. Another sign of a good discernment, said the Pope, is when we remain free in relation to what we've decided and that we are willing to revisit the decision to find a possible teaching from the Lord. This is not because he wants to deprive us of what we hold dear, but in order to live it with freedom, without attachment. Only God knows what is truly good for us. Thursday, December 8th. Of course, this was the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. It's a holiday in the Vatican and in Italy, and the Holy Father recited the Angelus at noon with thousands of faithful in St. Peter's Square. Later in the afternoon, he visited the Spanish Steps, where he laid a bouquet of flowers at the foot of the column bearing a statue of Mary Immaculate and recited a prayer for the world. Minutes into the prayer, as he mentioned Ukraine, Pope Francis's voice cracked and he was silent for perhaps 20 seconds before resuming the prayer. Also Thursday, Cardinal Conrad Krajewski, Prefect of the Dicastery for the Service of Charity, visited the town of Casamicciola Terme on the Italian island of Ischia to show the Holy Father's closeness to the families of the 12 victims of a massive mudslide resulting from a devastating flood on November 26th. Friday, December 9th. The Papal Day began with an Advent sermon preached by Cardinal Raniero Cantalamessa, preacher of the Papal household. After several private audiences then, the Pope met with members of the Movement of Christian Workers, and he called on laborers to renew society through solidarity and work for the common good. He urged the movement to work specifically on making church communities welcoming places for Christian working men and women, listening to their problems and desire for solidarity. Social inequalities, he said, forms of slavery and exploitation, family poverty due to lack of work or poorly paid work are realities that need not be heard in our church communities. Also Friday, Pope Francis sent a video message to the Archdiocese of Rosario in Argentina as the faithful there celebrate a special Marian year to mark the 250th anniversary since the arrival of the image of the Virgin of the Rosary, the diocese's patroness. Those are the news highlights. Now, stay right here for my conversation with two friends, the Boland brothers. Father Jerry talks about his recent sabbatical and life as a pastor. And Monsignor Michael talks about his work with Catholic Charities USA. She is one of the most beloved saints of all time. Honored as the Saint of the Little Way. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Therese of Lisieux entered the Carmelite convent of Lisieux in 1888 and survived only nine more years. Still, 
Her extraordinary holiness and prayer life prompted her superiors to have her write an autobiography, The Story of a Soul. It became a spiritual classic. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. EWTN uses the power of radio to reach people whenever and wherever they're searching for answers to questions about their Catholic faith. EWTN Radio is heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. For a complete list of programs and how to hear EWTN Radio, visit EWTN.com and click Radio. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Hi, I'm Joan Ebistinsky, Station Manager at Holy Family Radio in Central Pennsylvania. When I found out about Catholic Radio, I knew that God wanted me to be a part of it, and I'm glad I am. Catholic Radio makes a difference in people's lives. It has the power to lead others to the truth of Christ and His Church. With Catholic Radio, we can nourish our Catholic family and share our faith with others. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome everyone to a new edition of Vatican Insider. And it's a pretty exciting show today because I have the Bolin Brothers. Now, I know it sounds like a song and dance act, but these are two longtime brothers, priest friends of mine. We have Monsignor Michael and Father Jerry. Now, Monsignor Michael worked for 30 years in the Archdiocese of Chicago at Catholic Charities, is now in Washington with Catholic Charities as an advisor. And I have to tell you, what you did in Chicago, really, Monsignor Bowl and Monsignor Michael, was so amazing. It was one of the most wonderful programs in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So vibrant, so wonderful, great people working for you. And you did so much for the people. And I'll never forget the best Christmas of my life. Yes. When, when I served the homeless for several hours at, at your Christmas Day, you know, Christmas meal. That was wonderful, and I think I did a blog on it. Now, Michael's brother is Jerry, Jeremiah Boland, and he is the pastor of Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church in Glenview, Illinois, which I know well. I have a cousin in the parish. I know a few of the friends. And, and I have to say that between the three of us, the things that most bind us are mass and meals. Mm-hmm. Our, our friendship seems yes. to, uh, and the Eucharist, a meal in itself. So that's pretty astonishing. But what I want to do is just talk to you for a few minutes. You're in Rome together. It's really been quite amazing. And and first with you, um, Michael, you're here because of a meeting of Catholic Charities. So is this an annual thing? What's your schedule like? What, oh, the, what the, do you talk about? Yeah, this was the meeting with the Board of Trustees of Catholic Charities USA. So they were the trustees that represent all of the United States, the territories, and all the 50 states of the Union. And um, so they we come here maybe every two to three years and meet with the various dicasteries. So we met this time with the dicastery for human and de- um, develop- integral human development. We met with um, the refugee section, which obviously was very important to the work of Catholic Charities USA, sure. as well as dealing with the Ukraine uh, refugees of the moment. And um, the, we just settled thousands of Afghan refugees, um, and helping obviously always helping and assisting on the border. So those are uh, very important discussions with Cardinal Cerny and Cardinal Farrell. Uh, we also um, met with Caritas Internationalis and 
Catholic Charities is a member of Caritas Internationalis sure. and sits on the General Council. And um, so Sister Donna Markham, who is the president of Catholic Charities USA, um, led the meetings. Um, and then we also had their board meeting here, uh, their quarterly board meeting. Instead of going back to or being back in the States, it was done here. So it was really a tremendous, and yesterday morning we were very privileged to be at the general audience with Pope Francis, and um, uh, that was a very moving experience, as always it is. Oh, it was extraordinary, because uh, lately, be it the Angelus or be it the weekly audience, the Holy Father has done nothing really but talk about Ukraine. How could he not talk about Ukraine? And uh, certainly after the terrible tragedy, we all have seen the the awful images from Bucha, people you know, shot in the head, executed, not just killed, executed, Uh, children, everyone. And the Pope held up a flag that had been brought to him from Bucha. It was the um, yellow and blue Ukrainian flag, obviously looked like it had been in a a war zone. And then he greeted, I loved this, he greeted a small group of children, looked like the youngest might have been one year old, the oldest maybe ten or something. And they all came on the stage, one of them had a beautiful drawing, and then each of the kids was given one of the great big, big Easter. wrapped Easter chocolate Easter eggs. Yes, <laughs> no. exactly. The one little boy, he, they kept, he kept saying, "Wow, wow!" Oh. <laughs> it was like it was almost as big as he was. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh yes, you know, yeah. Because no. the way it was wrapped in that silk. The, the, well, they're like eighteen front. inches tall, I yes. think. Well, and and even more with, yeah. with the wrapping. So, so that that was pretty special. So. Um, and then did you have a meeting with the Holy Father? Um, no, no, they did not have a yeah. private meeting with him. We um, just met with the people in the various dicasteries. So now, what is the typical agenda? What you had this time, was that a fairly typical agenda? Finding out what various Catholic charities are doing, and then, of course, you have a tsunami event like Ukraine. Yes. Yeah, so they, they really do a, a, a reporting to the dicasteries, um, and the dicasteries really is wonderful where they gave... Cardinal Farrell and Cardinal Turney gave a, a kind of a state of what are the four or five hot button issues that they're that dealing across the globe, you know, sure. that they're dealing with, and obviously they're very similar to the ones that we're dealing with in the United States. So it was very good. It was. Um, Do you go home with a lot of new ideas and to bring back? To yeah, it? yes, and, and you just it, it kind of what it does is it reassures, like the board of trustees, that their work is greatly valued by oh, the yeah. Holy See, and also it does give them a broader sense too that even though. They have the entire United States to think about in the territories and dealing with all, whether it's been disasters in the United States, like tornadoes or earthquakes or all those kind of things we deal with in the fires out west. Yeah. And, um, and then dealing with just the issues of homelessness, mental illness, all those things. But to see that... Homeless uh, veterans, oh my yeah. gosh. And then to see that on a larger scale, in um, to hear about it in the world and to see what the issues of migration and... Um, has been caused in refugees and um, how they're being treated and cared for and you know and just seeing the tremendous sadness all obviously the Ukraine dominated the majority or or a major first part of the conversation because we've seen Ukrainians at the southern border already and um, well we're getting a notice in our um, I got it just today from our pastor saying there's a federation of Christian churches in Rome that are asking 
people like me, parishioners, can we open our homes to um, to a Ukrainian a person, a family, a couple, whatever it might be. But you know, and I have an extra room, and I had thought about that, but I never thought about the fact of language problems. A person might need psychological help. You might have to start teaching them Italian if they're going to stay here and get a job. Yes. So <clears throat> I would have to really reevaluate my life yes. if I were to do that. Yeah. One of the things in the United States has been very blessed has been um, Airbnb. They have housed so many of the Afghan refugees really? at, at complete, um, they, I think the gift was like 2 or $3 million. And with all the refugees on the border, uh, the migrants on the border, not only um, Ukrainians, uh, I mean, not, not um, Afghans, but all the people coming and processing the border, because the issue is they come across the border, but then they go into the interior of the United States. And that's where there's really such a crisis in housing. Oh, so, sure. So Airbnb has been very, very helpful. I mean, the, the owner has been very cognizant, and um, the owners of Airbnb, and we could never have settled the tens of thousands of people on the border who come into the interior of the United States if it wasn't for wow. that, um, that tremendous gift that allowed, you know, for them to stay for a few weeks or whatever so people we could figure out where they can go and find out housing issues and stuff, you know. But. Well, you know, one time I was at a UN meeting on the Vatican delegation and somebody asked um, why on earth the Vatican would be attending an international meeting in Beijing or Cairo, whatever it was at the time. And Navarro Valls, the then head of the press office, got up and he said, well, in the first place, actually, Vatican diplomacy dates from the 4th century, and it is probably the oldest organized diplomacy in the world. Secondly, if you look at what the Catholic Church does throughout the world, the numbers of, for example, what Catholic Charities does, the number of welfare institutions, of hospitals, of leprosariums, etc. He said, if you took the Catholic, just the Catholic Church alone, not any other Christian organization, if you took them out of the statistics, he said, the world would be in a much more dire place. You know, so oh, yes, very much so. So you're going home with a positive feeling. Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Well, you know, I just want to say right here and now, though, Anybody listening to me, and I'm going to put a link on my blog when I announce my guests, as I do every Friday, go to your diocesan Catholic charities. If you don't know about it, look at the work they do. You may end up volunteering. And if you want to spend a great Christmas or Thanksgiving, try joining Catholic charities and helping the homeless celebrate that same day we take for granted. Now to to our brother over here, to Father Jerry, whose job is slightly different. I don't know how many homeless you might ever have to take care of in a parish, but um, you are here because you're at the North American College's Institute of Continuing Theological um, Education. This was set up many decades ago for the continuing education of Catholic priests. Now, Jerry, you've studied here and you've traveled here, but what do you have to know as a priest that you didn't know before you came here? Why do you have to continue your education? Well, first of all, one of the best things about coming to Rome is to see you, Joan. <laughs> it's been great to be in this city with We've you. We've had some wonderful visits. We sure yeah. have. And um, I think for a priest to come to the city of the apostles and the martyrs is a very uh, profound experience. And also for most priests, for many of them, it's the first time they've been to Rome to experience the global church. Uh, in my group at the North American, we have priests from Zambia, the Philippines, Mexico, wow. Canada, the United States. Um, and so there's a lot of interacting about the pastoral realities we're facing. Wow, uh, sure. And uh, 
I'm also, uh, we're, we're so blessed. We have uh, classes uh, by these outstanding professors from the Gregorian and the Lateran and uh, the Holy Cross uh, University. And, uh, and the ones, excuse me, the ones that Father Jerry is naming, they're all pontifical universities in Rome. Gregorian, I think, is the oldest, is the yes. uh, Jesuit run. Right. Yes, and um, you know, I think as priests, like any professional person, it, it can be very easy to just uh, not stay up to date on sure. the changes. And you, you've had like extraordinary presentations. Like you take uh, ethics, moral and social ethics that a parish priest is facing now, gender issues, uh, the refugee huh. crisis, um, just the uh, secularization that's plaguing our world. And, we all f- have been reflecting on... Well, uh, issues that were probably not there when the two of you were no, little boys no, no. for your pastor. And by the way, folks, we have 75 years of priesthood among the two. <laughs> yes. I, I got the papal blessings for yeah. their yeah. 35th and they 40th this those. year. Yeah. So, yeah, there so, are different issues. Uh, yeah, the, the world is changing so quickly, and uh, I think every priest uh, needs to take some, some time uh, to, to get... Re-energize, get your sure. spirituality uh, attended to. The, to I to think really you have to be reaffirmed in what you're yes. doing. Yeah. And there's just challenges, you know, and um, I, I see what happens to priests that don't take care of themselves. I was in priest personal work for many years, and, um, you know, it, there's nothing more sad than to see a priest that's totally burned out. Oh. Uh, and they um, get mad at the people, and the people are mad at him, and... Uh, it's because he just didn't take care of himself. So uh, the sabbatical is a great, a great blessing, and uh, be hard to beat the program here at the uh, North American College. Wow. Uh, it is uh, gives us a great mixture of uh, great theological education, spiritual formation. They encourage us to travel on the weekends. We get to know. Um, oh sure. Uh, and um, now, can you celebrate mass in different places when you travel? Because you've been to some astonishingly beautiful places in Italy. Oh my gosh! In yeah. your pictures, hello. Or <laughs> uh, if you haven't followed him on Facebook, you've lost a lot. But do you get to celebrate mass? I never thought about that. Or does the priest have to get special permission from someone? Well, that, you just have to, like you know, we, last week we had mass at the tomb of Saint Francis. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, I mean, how awesome is that? Uh, we had mass at the Clementine Chapel here at Saint <gasps> Peter's. You know, oh. you're right next to the tomb of Peter. On the other uh, side of the grate is yes. the tomb of Peter. Yeah, over the so, altar. Uh, you know, we've all had these wow experiences of. Uh, you know, celebrating the Eucharist. Uh, you know, we had mass. Uh, we have mass on Friday at the tomb of Saint John Paul II, and oh. uh, we just can't wait for that celebration. Sure. Um, That's so so uh, they're very receptive. Whenever we go on a trip, the uh, local cathedral or if there's a church Good. of prominence, they really try to fit you in if they can. So. Now, I know that you are much loved in in your parish, and that it's a beautiful, beautiful church yes I, yeah. I just and you all take you know such good care of it, and of course, mm-hmm. covid made things difficult. The yeah. church became the parking lot or parking lot became the church with outdoor you yes know, right uh, drive up masses. What are you bringing back from this experience at the continuing education well i I think um the Eucharist is central to our faith and uh you know, with the shortage of priests, um, we just got to make sure as priests that we're as available to our parishioners sacramentally as we can be. Um, and I, I think we all felt that, you know, this secularization that's, you know, you have these, you know, young families, wonderful parents, but they don't go to church. 
you know, and how do we evangelize? Uh, how, how do they think their children are going to learn anything uh, if right. they're not engaged? So we, we really have to look at new and creative ways of uh, reaching out to those who have fallen away. COVID has resulted with significant declines of people that just actually got, attending. Yeah, yeah, they just got used to not going to mass, and so we've got our work cut out for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, really do. But if we don't get uh, people back, you know, I think that's one of the things we were all saying is how do we get to these young parents? How do we get to the person that we haven't seen in a long time? You know, yeah. get on the phone, check in with them, yeah. uh, invite oh, yeah. them. You know. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Are yeah. there any health issues I should know about? And, yes. And then you, you've you penetrated, you've put your foot in the door and maybe can continue. You know, I think of the, of the two, if you haven't talked that much over the years about your family, but I have. But it has to be our parents. who The two of you are priests because of what you had mm-hmm. in your family. Yes. And, and I think I am the person, my values and everything else, because of what my mom and dad gave me. Yeah. And I mean... I was nine years old, and I was already, we had children's envelopes in church, and I knew that supporting the church was, it might have been my nickel, but it was supporting the church, and saying the family rosary, visiting seven churches on on Holy Thursday, so many, many wonderful traditions, but all I can say is that faith was everything to them, faith and family, and... It was the way we were brought together. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was they were the same. The faith and family were the same. Exactly. You know? There was not separation. You know. No. I'm going to share a big surprise with you, Joan, that I didn't want anyone to hear about. But I was able to get rosaries blessed by John, uh, Pope Francis at the audience two weeks ago. Oh. So we're going to give those to the kids on uh, First Communion Day. Oh, uh, wonderful! See, that's with, a gesture, uh, yeah. and that'll mean a lot to the family. I'm too. sure they will. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, um, but th- these, uh, we just got to look at. These are good people, sure. uh, and um, you know, COVID has affected people emotionally, psychologically, and um, we really just got to start rebuilding adults our and little little kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I just all of a sudden how cre- we're creatures of habit. All of a sudden, Sunday it's gotten filled. It was always filled with other activities, but we got to reclaim Sunday in people's yeah. radars. That you know, a family that. It worships together, it gets a strength that they can Well, can't get. Father Peyton said it, the family that prays together stays together. And, and then, yeah, very much so. And, and you share that with all the generations. Because if the kids today aren't getting it, they're not going to be able to give it. Right. So, yeah. you know. Well, listen, our time here is, is very brief, although we've shared some, some meals in Rome, which is not quite brief. But anyway, <laughs> our time is brief and it's about up, so I want to thank Monsignor Michael Boland with Catholic Charities USA and his brother, Father Jerry Boland. Two good friends, but best of all, two wonderful priests. I know that they're very special to the Lord. So thank you both for making time. Thank well, thank you for being in Rome together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a great blessing. That's, that's so I think this is the first time the three of us were here at the same time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we've been here at different times alone. Exactly. But, uh, we've exactly. enjoyed our visits. Well, I'll close by saying God bless all of us. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank Take you. care. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.